0: Boom. Welcome back to Revelatorium with Out, the podcast that comes around once a month, just like your period. If you experience those, I do. And I might be right now, or at least the tail end of it. So we're synced up for episode three. We really are. We have made it, folks, to the almighty episode three of this podcast. And I feel pretty strongly about this episode for multiple reasons. Number one, As the video viewers have already noticed, I do now have this long and sexy podcast arm accompanying me, which means that you will no longer hear the comforting but slightly disturbing sounds of me manhandling the microphone. Maybe some of you appreciated that personally as the one editing all hour and a few minutes of this. I did not. So Thank you to a kind Seattleite man on Facebook marketplace for selling this to me for like 15 bucks. I don't know why I thought these would cost like hundreds of dollars like it's literally just a clamp and like this rod. Um, but it adds a certain je ne sais quoi. Let's just say that. Let's just say that a certain neck beard essence like I do feel like I I can posture a bit more now that I have my hands free. And I remember this episode of TMG, where like Cody and Noelle were talking about how like once you get the podcast arm and you have both hands free, your ego just kind of explodes a little bit because you can really gesticulate in a grander fashion. Like once you get one of these, you start sounding a little Gary V esque So podcast three, podcast episode, podcast episode. Thank you to my dear patron, Addison, for alerting me to the fact that I could be calling these podcasts. And like hindsight 2020, should I just have named the whole thing that? Yeah, but, but referring to it as podcast as its second moniker works just as well. So you can call this revelatorium or pot or the podcast. Um, If you missed why this is called revelatorium, that's an episode two, baby. And I, I uh, created a nice little soundscape to explain it. So go enjoy that. But episode three is a big deal to me personally. Because my individualized podcast ethos and philosophy is that when I'm listening to a new podcast, like episode three is the one I look to as like the best tell of like the future of that podcast. Like I started listening to Exploration Live with Chunk Barty. (laughs) That's his Twitter handle. And is it Natalie? I've only listened to like a couple of episodes. I'm obsessed with it. I'm so deeply obsessed with it. It sounds like every conversation I've had with one of my friends ever. Like it's so engaging and stimulating and dynamic. But I actually didn't listen to the first episode of the podcast. Like I specifically and deliberately (laughs) chose the third episode to start with because I was like, you know what? They need to hit their groove. They need to hit their groove and settle into it. And so if you attended the last two episodes of this podcast, before I hit my groove and settled into it, I need to thank you for your service, for your diligence, for your loyalty, for your trust, kindness, compassion, and honesty. And you all did show up in the reviews as well, as well. So I have to thank you for that, because it's really wonderful to see the reviews on Spotify, the written reviews on Apple. If you're listening to either of those right now, you can go ahead and pause or continue to listen while you do that. It would be a huge help to me. And I also recently realized that uh, just another podcast drop. Um Grace Kulenschmidt and Joe Castle Baker, two iconic actors and comedians, just launched their podcast. It's called Finally, because the idea is that like they're putting an end to podcasts because they're finally going to talk about like all of the topics that are left and then we can just stop podcasting altogether. And I think that's such a fantastical idea. Um, but I tried to rate their podcast before I even listened to it because that's how beautiful and parasocial I am. I will support you to the ends of the earth if I'm a fan of you. Like I, I'm a stan. I'm a stan. I tried to review it before I listened to the first episode because I was like on a plane and um it wouldn't let me do it. It wouldn't let me do it. So now you know that you actually do have to listen to something You could listen to something in good or bad faith and review it. What I would appreciate is if we're going to get into the landscape of, you know, machine learning and um, everything being online, Internet of Things, interconnected, AI, buzzword, buzzword, tech, tech. If we're going to move that direction, like, let's get to the point where it can analyze if you're listening to something in good or bad faith. And then it can mark that comment as like this was left in good faith this was left in bad faith then i can just filter out the bad faith ones like i think so many people have called for this type of thing and like i do think that we need to get to that point with technology the problem is that technologists aren't looking at ethics didn't know if you knew that but technology and ethics kind of at odds with each other kind of at odds we need more communist technologists. like I don't think technology is bad. I just think the application of it today for the profit motive gets away from us. It gets away from us. Um, so yeah, I've been listening to a podcast or two and I do need to thank folks for reviewing and believing in me and taking this in stride. Um, podcast, episode three, We're getting into it. Oh, and the third reason that that is really legendary is because that means that we made it three months into the year. Like we made it through January and February. Januaryism, as I talked about last episode, has such a strong hold and Februaryism, baby. That is a doozy of a month to experience on this planet. If you're in the Northern Hemisphere, like I think next year, like I need to physically get up and move to the Southern Hemisphere in the winter and not like, and the thing is, it's not even because the weather is shit. Like the weather actually in Seattle has been fine. Like, is it cold? Yes. But it's actually been pretty relatively dry. I see buds are blooming. Cherry blossoms are starting to come out. Like it's, you know, first day of March when I'm recording this and like spring is, is coming upon us. Hope is eternal, et cetera. It's not even that. It's literally just like the like the feeling of winter. I think it might be the light. But there's something so unshakable, something so unsettling about those two months. So we're in March. Things are looking up. We're right around the corner from the spring equinox, and that's a killer holiday. And I cannot wait to figure out how to celebrate that. I think I'll actually be on spring break with my friends in California. I don't have a spring break, but my friend is in grad school, so we're calling it spring break. And I'm reliving my glory days um, because I never actually took spring break in college. I always worked as a tour guide during that. So I never got to have like, not that I do like a big messy. Okay, here's another aside. I don't understand how anyone did those Mexico trips in college. This is obviously for people of affluence, but they would go to Mexico and then they would drink in the morning, drink in the afternoon, drink at night, repeat, a, repeat, a, repeat, a, repeat it four or five days in a row and then somehow end up with like. A functioning liver by the end of it. I actually just my phlebotomist and I have developed a nice little bond. We key, we key every time I go in there. He's he's lovely, lovely queen. And um he was telling me about his Mexico trip and he did that. And I'm like, how old are you? Because I cannot be participating that. My spring break will be camping. Maybe taking a little bike ride on a railroad in the Redwoods. Maybe a little hot springs dip. That's what I'm looking forward to. That's what I'm looking forward to. Um, but also, also, what I'll say is that this episode, we're bringing out all the stops this episode. Got the podcast arm. We've got the reviews in place. We're in motion. We also now have a fact check segment. I'll have to figure out a sound to use for this segment. But in passing... You know as a joke last episode I was talking about how I I should get like a fact checker to review what I say in this thing so I'm not just like spreading misinformation as I usually do on the internet and I checked my podcast email and like four or five or six people had reached out like interested in actually being a fact checker and I just have to thank you all for taking me so seriously um as to as to actually reach out and and connect. And so one of you um, actually sent in like a sample of the fact check. And I'm going to play that for everyone now. Because we need to make sure we're always reviewing and analyzing everything we've ever done as as a, as a good neurotic citizen.
1: And now it's time for a fact check for last month's revelatorium episode. In the first few minutes, Catherine mentioned accountability mapping. I had an Instagram post about the 2023 Yin Water Rabbit Year. This is a correct statement. Um, You've probably heard of the 12 Chinese zodiac animals, including the rat, ox, tiger, rabbit, dragon, snake, horse, goat, monkey, rooster, dog, and pig. These repeat on a 12-year cycle, but there's also a corresponding element that gives you more information of what type of year you're going to have. The five elements are derived from the Xing philosophy that include wood, fire, earth, metal, and water. As one energy waxes, another one will wane. There's no hierarchy since these elements are interconnected, which is the theory that supports other Eastern traditions, such as feng shui, acupuncture, or even martial arts. So as an example, in 2022, the tiger was associated with ren, the yang water. This element is compared to an ocean. On the other hand, 2023, the rabbit is associated with gui, the yin water, this element is the same, but the polarity is different. It's compared to a fine rain or dew or even a mist. It gently nourishes life and helps to grow and reach your full potential. There are w- plenty of websites that you can Google to look up what type of zodiac animal and element you are. Um, and traditionally, you'll be extra lucky when that year's animal matches you. So for the ages of 12, 24, 36, so on and so forth. Be sure to check out the beginning of future episodes for uh, future fact checking. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Lena.
0: That was from my beautiful, beautiful fact checker assistant, Lena Daniel. Excellent work, excellent job. So, no lies detected so far. What I will say, though, as well, is that most of the time when I'm speaking off the dome, I'm only stating feelings and opinions, very rarely facts. so um we will we will have a short and cute intro fact checking session, every podcast episode to make sure that we're learning and growing and linking and building. Oh. Okay, let's get into this month's minor and major revelations from the month of February. First, a minor revelation that occurred yesterday, that occurred yesterday, I keep these funky and fresh and topical and relevant, Um, and that is that, you know how they say that the way you spend your New Year's, like your midnight on on December 31st, your 1201 on January 1st, like whatever you're doing in that moment is supposed to be sort of telling for how the rest of the year will go. I want to apply that to birthdays as well. Like I feel like you should get a do-over on your birthday Because in a way that is a new year, it's a new year of your age. Like, for you, that's truly a new year you're spending on this planet. Like, unless you're born December 31st, January 1st, like, it's kind of chopping up the year in a way. Um, Your birthday is another opportunity to do that. Like, if you fuck up the – because I hate New Year's. I think I've talked about that on this podcast. Like, if you don't like New Year's and you don't like having plans on New Year's and you just want to sit in your bed and watch Her by Spike Jones, that should be perfectly fine. But – I think that you should get a redo on your birthday. However, this year, I was like really looking forward to, well, the thing is, midnight on your birthday, a lot of times you're asleep because a lot of times you celebrate your birthday, like the evening of. This year, I happened to be sitting on a plane taxiing at Slaytack Airport um, because my flight to LA was canceled and I had to rebook one like super late at night. So I don't really want that to be indicative of like the rest of the year, but I do want to report back like at the end of next February because this podcast will be consistent and I will be coming back at that point. I want to report back and be like, did that have influence on my year? Like, is that somehow meaningful? Can I extrapolate anything from that? Because what if I could? What if I could? Like people that don't dream journal, you're not really able, which is me, I don't dream journal. You're not really able to like analyze your dreams as much and I think many of us we forget how we spent the new year by the end of the year but now that I have this documented and recorded we can come back to it we can come back to it so what a beautiful way to utilize a podcast is as a time capsule is as a time capsule okay a number two revelation is that my view of myself is like so different than other people's view of me like and we've heard that a million times it's like there's so many songs are like I wish you could see yourself the way that I see you and it's not even that I view myself in such a negative light it's just that like the things that I find Just even in a physical realm, like the things that I find flattering on myself, like other people probably like wouldn't agree. And that's so ridiculous because I'm like, I live in this body. I look at it all the time. Wouldn't you think that you would know what looks best on you the most? And maybe as a listener, you're like, yeah, you do. Don't listen to what other people say. But I'm like, it's just interesting when you get that feedback because it just kind of it's at odds with your own reality. Like I'll tell you, like when I was in L.A., I always run an errand to El Esteva, which is um, a glasses and sunglasses company. And I like to see what frames they come out with because they're usually pretty flattering on me. And I went to the one in New York in fall of 2021. And I ended up buying a pair of sunglasses that the store manager and my best friend, Ellie, who's known me since high school, both were like, those are so good on you. Like, you need to get those. They're so good. And I put them on my face and I'm like, oh, they're really like blocky, like they're really like rectangular, like I feel like because I have a more like angular face, like I need to do something rounded and softer and not something I learned from hacks on HBO. Thank you, Gene Smart. Um, but somehow they, they were just so, they were just such a, a successful hype team that I bought them soon to be lost in the Mediterranean Sea. In September of 2022. So they only lasted a year. But every single time I wore them in that year, I was like, these aren't, these are not giving like I thought they would give because I wasn't that much of a fan of them. Like personally, like I wasn't that much of a fan of them. But then I was like, I should be a fan of them if everyone else is a fan of them because I'm not even seeing myself in these glasses. Other people are. So if I'm presenting myself in the best way to the world, I would want other people to appreciate. This is going to sound so warped. You guys probably think I'm, like, being such a little people pleaser. And I am. But, like, this concept goes deeper, deeper just into, like, it, it is just so hard to see yourself in an accurate light. Like even when you're looking in a mirror, that's not actually how you look like. Like I remember there's this video of like this mirror that someone built where you can look into it and it'll actually show you as close as possible what other people see you as because a mirror is 2D, like it flattens your face, like you're never going to see like really all the dimension of what you look like. Um and they, they did that and it freaked people out because they were like, oh, I and, and TikToks will do that, too, where they'll give you like a really warped filter and then the filter will come off. And for a split second, you can see what you really look like because you're so used to your own face. I've just been thinking about that concept so much. And I feel like it's just come up again and again and again. And February, like really, really um, compounded it for me, like there's there's just So many times where I've taken photos and I'll go to my friends and be like, oh, which photo of these three to five, like, should I post? Like, which one's the best? I'm not going to post all of them. And the one that I think they're going to choose 95% of the time is not the one that they choose. Like, I'm wrong every single time. Like, and that just feels so weird again, like, but it's, it's in a way it's comforting because like everyone... Everyone's looking upon you in a more flattering light than you're usually looking upon yourself in. Um, And to kind of extend this, like, revelation, I've realized that people don't see you, like, as very, like, people don't see you as a fragmented person. Confusing, confusing. What I mean by that is, like, sometimes on a day where I'm particularly feeling like my face card my face card may be declining when people look at you they're not seeing like all of your worst days or like one little thing that's wrong with you people after spending some time with you seeing your face a few times they put together like a p- composite in their mind of what you look like and unless you look dramatically different from that composite they're usually just seeing you within that frame of reference like When my friends are like, oh, I'm having a really, like, bad hair day, I'm like, oh, I didn't even notice because, like, it still fit within the composite of what I think they look like. Like, maybe if you got a professional makeup artist, got your hair blown out, you were professionally styled, then you would fall outside the composite of what people usually imagine you to look like. But in general, like, you can flop so fucking hard and most people would not even notice. Like, most people would not even notice. Like, so... When and this came up um, on a group trip I was on, because the funny thing is when you take a photo with a group, the person that's posting the photo is always posting the photo that they look the best in. Like, that's just a fact of life. You can fact check that. You can try to fact check that, Lena. I don't know how you even would. Um, but yeah, if you're posting a group photo, it's because you think you look good in that group photo And my friend Sean was like, oh, yeah, rarely, like, how often do you actually look at the other people in the photo to make sure they look really good? And I'm like, I mean, my my friends always look good. So I'm never really that worried, you know, like, I'm never really that worried because I'm like, they just look good because something that I think is unflattering of myself, they would not think is unflattering of me and something I think is flattering of them, they may think is unflattering of them. Like, it's just so there's just so much tension between those two things, like so much dissonance. But it's reframing it. It's 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 comforting. Because now when a friend comes to me and they're like, hey, can I post this photo of us? And I look at it and I'm like, mm, that's not me in my best light. I say, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Because I'm like, I'm just being a harsh self-critic. But like, most people are, this, this photo is fitting within the composite of what they think I look like. So they're not really going to see this as like, oh, that's a bad picture of Catherine. You know? You know? So that's something I've been really mulling over and it's helped me to stop being so it's helped me to stop being so attached to my physical appearance and and being so vain you know because I'm just kind of like you know what whatever state I look like I look and honestly as a YouTube viewer of me or as a podcast viewer of me like (laughs) I guess if you only listen to my voice like even within my voice though there's like so much variation I feel but like you probably don't even notice that you know um but I've shown up on YouTube in all sorts of different states, and I think that i'm <laughs> I'm showing up you know maybe in a very um disheveled style, but other people may not think that because they've already come up with the composite in their in their head um, so let that let that be a piece of comfort to you secondly secondly this was a um a revelation that came up on my trip to Los Angeles because I traveled with my dear friend, Almendra Gordón, a.k.a. um, Amanda Mariana. And she's a beautiful, wonderful, stunning, smart, funny, angelic YouTuber. I love her dearly. I've just effusively been talking about her for like 30 seconds now. Anyway, I realized this as we were settling into our hotel on Melrose Avenue in Los Angeles, we had been staying at a friend's house before that and had been sleeping in the same bed. And I was on the right and she was on the left. And when we got to this new hotel, I was she kind of set up on the right, which is where I had been sleeping before. And I was like, oh, hey, do you mind if I take the right side of the bed before you kind of like unpack all your stuff and get settled down there? And she was like, oh, yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, it's just because I have a piercing on my right ear. So um, I can't really sleep on that side of my head because it irritates it. So I'll be sleeping on the left side of my head. And if I sleep on the left side of the bed, then I'm going to be looking towards you as I'm falling asleep. And she was like, oh, yeah, in that case, of course. Like, I don't want to be looking at you while we're falling asleep. And I was like, yeah, I I figured. I figured. So um, that was like the third time in the last like month that I've realized how And this is going to sound like so simple, but I realized how impactful and meaningful it can be to just explain the reason behind a request or a statement you're making. Because I think so often we're just kind of like, hey, do you mind if we stop at this restaurant? Like, and if you don't say like, I'm feeling really hungry, somebody could be like, oh, no, like we're going to get dinner later. But if you had said, do you mind if we stop to get a snack? Like, I'm like really hungry. Someone's going to be like, "Oh, yes, of course. I don't want you to be hungry." And it's a little bit more compelling. That's not a great example. But um like, for example, I have a friend whose boyfriend always spends like so long getting ready for bed, and so she's kind of waiting to fall asleep because she knows it's going to be like a little bit disturbing when, you know, someone gets into bed right as you're falling asleep, it kind of like, you know, disrupts you. And she just doesn't understand why he does this. And I'm like, I feel like if he had a really good reason for it, you'd be fine, you know? Because personally, like, I take a really long time getting ready for bed because I have very acne-prone skin, and I have contacts, and I have sleep apnea, and I have a retainer. So there's just, like, so many steps. <laughs> there's just, like, a lot of people literally just brush their teeth, splash water on their face, and go to sleep. And, like, that cannot be me because I have special needs, okay? Okay. But if you explain that, someone's going to be hopefully understanding if they care about you. But if you don't provide an explanation, people's minds just wander. And hopefully they're not thinking the worst of you, but like they might not even understand because they they might not have been raised that way or have had that experience. They might not understand any of that. And my therapist really illuminated this to me when she helped me out with my like boundary setting formula, which if you want to understand more about boundary setting, I talked about that in episode two of the podcast. Um, But something really key to the formula of the boundary setting technique is like explaining, like, I feel this way when you do this thing. Like, I feel like if it were my friend, it's like, I feel unsettled and like kind of – yeah, like I feel unsettled and just sort of like impatient when you take a long time getting ready for bed and what I need from you is to start getting ready for bed a little bit earlier so that our timeline aligns more and I can go to sleep more easily, you know? Like if you explain like on your end like why you're feeling the way you're feeling, it's just so much easier to get behind. And I think so many people leave that step out where you just say the request, but you don't explain the reason behind it. And it's incredibly elementary. But do not skip that step because it's really, it's really, it's like, hey, I'm going to be late. It's like, oh, hey, I'm going to be late. The bus I'm on just hit a car. Like, <laughs> like that's a little bit easier to get behind than just like, I'm going to be late, you just assume they're like, futzing around their house, you know, you know, so the final revelation I have, which is probably the most major one, is that I love spinning. I love spinning. I really do. I went on a first date. And I don't know how we started talking about playgrounds. But like, I, at my elementary school, we had like, it was like the planet Saturn, but it was like a giant rock in the middle, like six feet tall rock in the middle. And then there were these metal rings going around about halfway down. So you could sit as a kid on the metal ring and then someone would run and push it and you would spin around and spin around and spin around, which is kind of like a merry-go-round. There's like a merry-go-round in an elementary school near me and I really want to go on it. It looks really fun. And then there's another thing where it's like you hold on at the top. It's like a turning plate. You hold on at the top and you can like spin around. My sister and I were messing with that on Christmas Eve and it's in my Vlogmas footage if you want to go find that on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Gotta plug it. Gotta plug it. Um And I was telling all these things and the guy was like, oh, so you really like to spin? And I was like, okay, yeah, I guess. I guess. And then I immediately pulled up my pulled open my notion and wrote it down because i'm like there are so few times when you realize something so like inherent to just like your interests you know like that's such a unique little niche thing it's like what's something you love to do i like to spin i like to spin and he was like oh do you have like a spinny office chair and i'm like i do but i don't really have space to like spin around um, but I think I need to make more more space for spinning in my life. Like, I think I do. I think it's like me stimming a little bit. And I think I do. Um, so that was like a really major, major revelation. Like, I had to share that with you all because it's so complex and crazy and cool. Okay. And now we will get into what we are taking, what personally I am taking from February into March, what I'm leaving in February behind me as I go into March and all of that from my perspective. And then we'll get into your taking and leaving, because I I mean, i've I've already looked through all the answers. And there's a lot I want to share from you all this month. Like I would really love to turn this mirror around and focus on you all for the back half of the episode. First thing I'm taking, is hiding self-view in Zoom to escape my self-consciousness. Obviously, I've I've mentioned a good bit about my self-consciousness. Like, because I'm someone that does so much work in media where I am appearing in it, like, it is kind of impossible not to be self-conscious. Like, I just am so aware of what I look like all the time. Like, it's just, I'm kind of thinking about that in the back of my head. Um, Like, even now, I'm like, oh, is my posture good? Do I look weird? Do Do I look frumpy? Like um is the lighting okay like things like that and i notice on zoom and i have multiple friends that are like oh i do that too so it's not just not just youtubers but on zoom when you're in the zoom room and there's 20 people i find myself like looking at myself on the screen like i find myself looking at my own square even as other people are talking cuz i'm just always so self-conscious that like i don't want my hair to look out of place i don't want i don't want to Sim, just all the things I just mentioned about me right now, my posture, all of that. I find myself being so like on alert, like making sure I'm I'm staying, I'm staying cute. I'm staying cute. And I'm tired of that. I'm tired of that. It's so much more engaging when I can focus on the person that's speaking. And so for the first time, I had noticed that that option was available. But I was like, who actually does that? Finally, finally, I, I hid the self view. So I hid my square from the from the screen. And it was so freeing. (laughs) like I know I'm just like a woman of the internet. And it's ridiculous to call that freeing. But it was it was because I was just like, I finally can really pay attention to everybody else. I felt much more engaged and like tuned into the conversation. And it was wonderful. And the times that I forget to do it, I do notice an impact where I'm just like, I'm just touching my hair a lot more. Like that's kind of one way I like stim is I'm always like um, declumping my curls. You know, a lot of times I'll like, I'll just be messing with my hair um, and just kind of want something to like, you know, a little um, fidget toy kind of thing. So just having the self-view off is nice because I really can just pay attention to everybody else and not even think about myself. How nice, how nice. So I'm leaving that behind. That also actually goes into the revelation I have about the composite of you being consistent. Like, I can mess with my hair 18 times during the call. I don't think that anyone's going to notice. Like, honestly, I don't think that anyone's going to notice. And even if they do notice, I don't think it's going to change their impression of me that much. Like, for some reason, I feel like I have to look like the best version of myself at all times. And that's just not true at all. Like, you're just going to be looking like a version of you forever, you know, like people are going to look at you and they're going to see a version of you and you, you know, you don't have to be the best version every single time because they've already seen you at your best. They're looking at you in a good light. Um, I will also be taking an experimental concept that I tried in Los Angeles, probably the worst, um, worst field study location for this. But I want to do office hour hangouts. I'm a big fan of not coercing my friends to hang out with me like I don't want someone to hang out with me because they feel guilty or they're doing it out of fear or like they feel like they owe me a hangout or something not to say that this comes up like so much but like I have enjoyed doing group vacations with friends where I just post it to my close friend story and whoever wants to go They volunteer and they self-select themselves in. I feel like that affects the dynamic of the group because everyone that's there really wants to be there. It's not because they're there out of like obligation. And so I wanted to incorporate that into like hangouts. Like when I was in L.A., I knew that Amanda and I were going to go to brunch on Sunday and then go go to the Melrose Trading Post. And I could have individually texted like the dozen people that I know in L.A. and been like, I'm going to be here. One thing about that, though, is if you're sensitive to rejection and you individually text 12 people, if 11 of them say no, like that does not feel good. And in L.A., like everyone lives an hour and a half apart. Like I'm not even exaggerating. Like I have two friends in L.A. that probably live an hour and a half apart and they still are both within Los Angeles. Um, And so people just like can't really reorder their plans to just like pop in because it's so much it's like. It could be like two hours round trip just to pop in um which is so ridiculous um so i empathize with my angelino friends and i realize that they're not gonna like move mountains to see me if it's like i'm too far but also i every single time i go there i don't have a car it's like i can't be driving to venice driving to highland park driving to culver city driving to malibu driving to glendale i can't be like doing all of these you know i myself can't even make all that work so this time i thought, okay. Office hours at Brunch and Mellor's Trading Post. I posted on my close friend story. I'm like, I'm going to be here from 11 to 3. Drop in. Come by. Text me if you're coming. Three people said they were interested, which was a total win. Which was a total win because I didn't individually text anybody. So I wasn't even uh, assuming anybody was going to say yes. It was like an open invite kind of thing. Three people were like, yes, I'm down. But unfortunately, day of, all, all three of them actually flaked <laughs> for the office hours um, but one of Amanda's friends came through and then one of the people I ended up meeting with meeting up with later that night for dinner which was totally fine so like a moderate moderate um, level of success um, not a total L not a total W but I want to try it in Seattle like especially this summer I want to be like hey I'm going to be hammocking at this park from these hours I'm going to have snacks and music and a book come through and it's, like, activities that I'd be totally fine doing alone, but, like, wouldn't mind a companion. Like, I could even do it, like, a lot of people have been talking about how they want more, like, errand friends. Like, hey, I'm going to Ikea these hours if anyone wants to come. I'm going to Costco. I'm going to go to the post office. I'm going to do some furniture shopping. Like, whatever it is, post and be like, does anyone want to come? I don't quite have as no- enough friends in Seattle, though, to make that work. Um, but someday if I accumulate – Um, a bigger network here that could be fun but I want to try office hours um, maybe and it would work really well in New York I feel so I would love to try that in New York although I don't have a trip planned there and now for leaving ditching saying goodbye to Media deprivation, media deprivation. So I'm in an Artist Way book club, I facilitate three sessions of them. And week four of the Artist Way, if you've ever read that book by Julia Cameron, she challenges you to do a week of reading deprivation, her words, but the book was written 30 years ago. So I apply that to modernity. And I say that means media. So like, reading Instagram, like social media, TV, podcasts, podcasts, books, audiobooks, um, YouTube, did I say that? Um, Basically, you can listen to music. And that's it. And I'm leaving this behind because it was only ever meant to be a week. But it left like a lasting impact on me. Um, So in a way, I am taking it. It's one, this one's kind of a hybrid. It's like I'm leaving it behind because I did it and I completed it and it's done. So it's staying in February. But like certainly I could do a media deprivation week again. It's so challenging that I actually might just save it for the next time that I read The Artist's Way. But the main thing I learned from it was that meal times are really hard to not have any media for if you live alone. Because when I lived with my parents or with my roommates in San Francisco, if I was eating dinner and I was not like, say I was doing media, media deprivation in those environments, I probably would just be eating dinner with my mom or my dad. Like I'd be like, hey, guys, like, do you want to just the, actually, though, my mom, and my dad always watch TV during dinner. So it might have been even more challenging because I might have just had to like sit in my bedroom alone and eat dinner because they probably would not want wanted to um, abstain from TV um but maybe in san francisco i could have been like hey like do you guys want to just like eat and chat for dinner um or if you live in like a bigger household like there's probably somebody or if you live with your partner they'd probably be down to just like eat and chat during dinner i would think like i think conversation during dinner is like wonderful and healthy and great it's much better than just like watching a movie where you aren't paying as much attention to like your own um hunger and all of that so i was just in here raw dogging my dinners my breakfast my lunches with nothing to do like the first day i tried not to listen to any music just to see how that would impact my life because i think it's a very um like clarifying thing to do to just remove a variable from your life for a certain period of time and then reintroduce it and see like what role it really plays in your life because i think it's hard to know the role it plays until you fully remove it from that role and then put it back in music i didn't um, it wasn't like people were coming up to me on the street and talking to me in my daily routine like they would have never talked to me before when my AirPods were in. I-, I wanted to have like conversations on the bus and like conversations on the sidewalk with people that I wouldn't have expected. But that just didn't happen for me. Um, So it was really lonely to just like be sitting on the couch and like just stare at the window or just be eating my dinner Alone in the dark, with my you know lights on, like just it just felt bad. Like it just felt bad. Usually, I, do, I rely on like TV or YouTube for like the dopamine hit during dinner, along with the food. And it just really solidified for me like how unnatural living outside of community is. because if you live alone, like you do not live, like even if you live in a city, living alone, you just don't live in community. Like I don't have people to call on in my household right now for support. Like I can FaceTime people and that's what I ended up doing during dinner to kind of like um, simulate having community, which is so sad was I would just like call and FaceTime friends. Like every single meal, I would be calling someone, calling my mom, calling my friends, like who wants to get on the phone, who wants to talk because I just craved connection. Like if you don't have consumption, you really crave connection is what I found. Like that was the source that I kept going to. Like I want to connect, I want to connect, but I live alone. And so it made me really, really, I was already rethinking living alone because like it's fine, but like I'm an extrovert and I do crave community. Anyway, um... It's just unnatural. Like my ancestors in the 1400s, they lived without TV, they lived without the radio, they lived without YouTube, and somehow they ate dinner just fine. Probably because no like did anybody live alone in the 1400s? No. I think you'd probably die. Like you you had to have a team of people helping you to like, you know, farm everything and clean everything. There was so there was so much more to do that you would have to live with other people. So I just really felt like a pariah almost where I was just like, wow, if I didn't have TV, media, all of that, literally could not be living in a one bedroom apartment right now. Like I would have to shack up with somebody or some people. Okay, and then on that same leaving note, I also left a lot of my body hair in February, which was crazy because I have not, Like, I've been growing out my body hair basically since, I don't know, May of 2020. So I had not touched it. Like, I trimmed, but, like, never fully shaved and been, like, bare again. And I went to my beloved friend, Kath. Kath Getze, if you ever watched Kath in college on YouTube, the channel's gone now, so you can't search for it, but prolific YouTuber, college YouTuber, internet friend, and she had her golden birthday celebration, which is why I went to Los Angeles. She's actually born the day before me. She's also 5'10", also a YouTuber, also a California enjoyer, Pisces. Like We're just so similar in that way. It's crazy town, it's crazy town. Anyway, her theme for this birthday was black tie slutty. (laughs) And so I like rented a dress and had my heels and like curled my hair and, you know, did my did my full beat. I've never really done a full beat. I can do like a half beat, a quarter beat. I can't really do a full beat, but I did my best to dress the hell up. And I kind of just felt the urge to like, just for the first time and for the first time in forever, to shave my underarms and to shave my my legs or really just from the knee down because I never really shave above above that Um, and I felt so conflicted about it because I was like I don't want to feel like I'm just like giving into the cultural expectation that in order to look like formal or fancy or nice that you need to be like barren as a lady, as a woman to just like not just to be sleek and smooth. But something about it like really called to me and I've been to like weddings and parties and I've gone out like I've been out at night and like not shaved my armpits. So I felt like, okay, I've done I've done this before with the hair and without the hair. So I just wanted to try it, you know, similar to what I was talking about with like, Removing something, a variable from your life and readding it, you get a new um perspective on it. So I shaved and it literally felt so weird. It felt so weird. Like it felt so much weirder than growing the hair out itself. Like seeing my bare skin with no hair. I was just like, oh my god, it felt like in a way, like a little piece of me was just like gone because it felt like my, my armpit hair was like an accessory. <laughs> and I had just like removed that accessory, like as if my piercing had closed up or something like that. Um, and so it was a really dramatic moment for me. Like I felt the urge to like tell everybody. Like I don't really know if anyone would have even fully noticed um, without me telling them, but it was just such an odd transition for me like I had never really planned on what to do from here on out like now I'm just gonna regrow it back I'm not gonna stay this way um but variety is kind of nice variety is kind of nice and I don't think that um the rad femmes are gonna you know not blow down my door for this um but they could be knocking on it but I don't care it was a nice little moment to just try something new and I had thought I'd be like dancing a lot, so I'd want to like, you know, I'd be revealing my underarms all the time. I didn't. I didn't. There w- I didn't dance, so no one would have even noticed, really. But that leads me into a question I had for you all, which was as a part of the survey I do every single month on Google Forms, I posted it on my YouTube community tab and I posted it on my Instagram story at katharout, k a t h e r o u t. So if you want to be a part of these and come reflect in communion with all of us, you can do so. Um, but the, one of the questions I asked was, like, have you made any dramatic shifts to your appearance lately? If so, like, how did you feel initially? How did you feel a few days later, a few weeks later, a few months later? And funny enough, quite a few of you did. Like, of all of all 50-something respondents, like, over half, like, people had a dramatic shift to report. An anonymous listener from the Bay Area, who's 29, said that she has not made any dramatic shifts, but would like to chop her hair and dye it pink, testing it out in my video game character. And I picked this one out because I thought it was so smart. Like, it's so it's, it's so great having so many avatars for us in our life. No, but like, there's a lot of ways you can test out changes now like in a way it's helpful that technology has allowed for filters and such because like when i was thinking about getting like a nose piercing um like or even an eyebrow piercing like you can just put a tiktok filter on and it's not perfectly accurate um but it's pretty accurate or you can like pretend like put like an earring like a ear cuff on your nose like and pretend that it's a piercing and get a sense of it like as someone who is a very committal person um, I want to make sure when I do something it's like something I'm really serious about. So I think that testing it out on your video game character is really cute. Like if you have like an avatar or like something like making a change to them, you know, like your memoji. I did recently update my memoji with my curly hair and it she just seems so much more me now. It really is affirming. Okay. Kit who is 25 in Ohio said that they recently came out as non-binary. Congratulations. And cut off nearly all of my hair, which was down to my waist before. Sometimes I love it and it helps me feel confident and comfortable in my body. And sometimes I hate it and I just want it to grow back out. I'm still trying to figure out what feels like me outside of the constraints of gender norms. Yeah, and that's real. Like when you make a dramatic shift, it it like 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 removing a variable is helpful, but it's also sometimes like it doesn't clarify for you sometimes it's really conflicting and it's like which one do I like better which one does fit me more and it's hard to wrestle against like just the inertia and comfort of like what was there as being like the most rational thing to you're you like okay well my hair was long of course it's going to feel normal to me am I feeling just like the dramaticness of this shift or am I feeling that I don't like this so I wish you well and, and um I don't know how recently you cut your hair, but it does take a while after you get a haircut to like fully embrace it. And then I usually love it. Atticus in East Tennessee, who's 22, said that after a long time of wearing almost exclusively earth tones, I've started bringing more and more color into my life. It's not the most dramatic change, but I felt married to neutrals for, for a while. And I think I'm finally letting go of that. A pair of bright blue sc- blue socks has been one of my greatest joys in February. I feel elated the first time I-, I felt elated the first time I wore them, and each time I'd look down at the color peeking out from my boots, I was mesmerized by the blue. After several years, I still feel the same way about them. They've solidified that I do actually like more than just earth tones. I feel a little silly being so affected by socks, but I can't help feeling like what I wear is a representation of myself. And that's important to me. I'm excited to slowly develop my self-expression through colorful clothing in the upcoming season of renewal. Upcoming season of renewal seems like spring. That's a really beautiful way to say that. And I'm very happy for you, Atticus, about your blue socks. Like, it just takes a little shift to show you maybe how you want to present yourself. Alan, who's 23 in Atlanta, said that he got an earring, which is the craziest thing he's ever done. Rule follower core. It felt like such a rush. And weeks later, I feel more in control of my own body. That's huge. And I've heard folks with OCD talk about that with tattoos. Is like it's really hard to... It's really hard when you feel like a lack of control over your sense of self. And so making a physical shift like that can sometimes prove to you like exposure therapy that like that's okay and it's doable. Okay, now going back to the media deprivation that I also left in February, I asked you all like, what type of media is the most comforting to you in your daily life? And what do you consume that you'd be the most resistant to removing from your life? Like, what would just be such a shot to the heart if you knew you could no longer, you know, consume it every single day? Anonymous, who is 25 in Columbus, Ohio, said that music is the most comforting for her. I feel like most of the media I consume brings me anxiety because I want to consume less, but I find it so addictive. YouTube videos, Instagram, TV. Music only makes me feel good. It reminds me of different points in my life, elevates my mood in times of need, and helps me release emotions like sadness when I need it to. Music is just really different as, like, a form of art. Um and I find that like if I'm doing something as simple as like folding my laundry, if I'm watching like a Mike's Mike video, I'm going to be glued into that. And sometimes it's easy to just sit down on my bed and not actually fold the sock and just watch the video for like five minutes versus music. Like as I'm singing while I'm doing it or just listening to it, like I find it doesn't really like freeze me up in my day. It helps me to flow through. Um, and that's kind of what you said it feels on that note, though, Anonymous said that rewatching Mike's Mike media recaps, e.g. PLL, Twilight, Glee, Glossop Girl, like those, really bring me back to center and I can't explain it and I won't try. Yes, I, I'm i glad that I've assembled a viewership of fellow Mike's Mike oomphs because he's so powerful and wonderful. Hallie, who's 24 in northern Minnesota, um, wrote a really beautiful reflection in this part of the survey. Um, And I did want to just highlight part of it where they talked about a form of media they've gotten into being guidebook collections. By this, she means mushrooms of the upper Midwest, birds of prey of Minnesota, etc. I have several of them for the different flora and fauna of my geographical area, My boyfriend and I even invented a game called Guess the Thing when we page through one of the books and we try to have the other person guess what plant or animal we are based on the clues that we give. It's been a really fun game for the both of us to get off our phones and be present together, but also learn about the flora and fauna of our area. Reading through these guidebooks also is getting me excited for spring and summer when I'll actually get to see the plants and animals and fungi that I'm reading about. I just thought this was so novel and cool. I'm like, that's a great, I love that you came up with a game for it. First of all, um, because quizzing each other is so academic and like, Fun. I just think that's a very cutie relationship move. And you're right. It's like indigenizing yourself to your area. Like, what are the plants and animals that live around you? How can you take better care of them? And you can notice them as they spring up and actually be able to name. I see so many flowers this spring coming up where I'm like, unless it's a daffodil or a tulip or a cherry blossom, like, I can't really name what it is. And I want, I want to be able to. Someone else said barista videos are comfortable to watch. Who said that? anonymous in houston and i've been seeing those more on youtube like people just doing their day in the life as a barista and they are weirdly mesmerizing and i also think they're like the perfect microcosm of youtube like to me youtube is such a such a great way to see other people's lifestyles like that is one of the main things that i appreciate about youtube so you can kind of explore like how people live in like the southwest or how someone would live in like australia or like the uk or like Malaysia, like you can just see different lifestyles. And baristas, it's kind of an elusive thing because very few of us are up at the hour to see how they actually start their day. Okay. And now we get to dig into the evergreen questions of what are you all leaving behind from the month of February and what are you taking forward? And an anonymous listener from, 20, from Santa Barbara, who's 27, said that she's leaving anxiety about the cost of utilities. I've realized it's so silly to stress about the cost of heating my place. My comfort and my ability to feel my toes is worth it. And I remember when I first moved into this place, I moved in the summer, so I didn't have to use my heating for the first few months of living here. And then the temperature kind of inched downwards below 60, and it started to get chilly in my apartment, and I resisted so hard just turning on the heating. I was being so frugal about it and just so incredibly ungener- ungenerous to myself and I'd be layering, I'd be putting blankets on but I realized when you are cold it is such massive inertia like it takes so much effort to get off the couch when you're cold so eventually I flipped the heat on and it's just been a- it just stimulated my life like imagine that having your home be the right temperature for your human body so stimulating for you Colleen or Colleen, who's 25 in Pittsburgh, said, I am leaving behind the idea that I have to have a certain number of social engagements each week in order to be considered a social person. I live alone and a lot of my friends are married with kids, so planning things spur of the moment is difficult because the number of schedules to work around. I feel like the time I spend in public at museums, going to open mics as an audience member, etc. didn't count as socializing because I didn't know anyone there. I decided F that and began to recognize the natural ebb and flow of my social life. And I'm making a point to say hello or have a conversation with at least one person in those public settings, even if it's just saying hi to the person taking my ticket. And I think that's so wonderful. Like who said that socializing has to be just with your friends, you can socialize with, you know, the person at the counter, a person at a concert, like you can, you can have those little moments. And it doesn't doesn't have to be, so intimidating don't have to like make a challenge out of it it can just be like be a little bit more human with some of those interactions where you'd usually rush through them and don't let extroverts dictate the number of social engagements you need to have because honestly nobody should live like I do (laughs) the social needs that I have are like so high like I wish I did not want to see people all the time but I do it's a little bit of a burden because I don't know enough people here to see the number of people that I want to see. So I kind of do need to start outsourcing then go to go to museums and just like talk to strangers more, which I do. I do a good amount. Emma from Seattle, who's 24, said that she's leaving the desire for international travel. I took a big trip to France this month and honestly did not enjoy myself as much as I thought I would. I've had many big travel aspirations for a while, but I've realized that maybe the additional time and money isn't worth it to me when there's so much variety that can be achieved through u s domestic travel. I really didn't appreciate all my childhood West coast road trips and camping experiences enough growing up i'm still i'm shift oops sorry i'm sh- i'm shifting goals for future travel to focus on shorter trips and staying closer to home. I just love whenever you respond whenever any of you respond in a way that's like affirming your values and how they may differ from those around you. I think that's so beautiful to understand like where you sit in the spectrum in the in the compass of it all like what do you actually appreciate out of travel? Cuz if you don't want to go overseas, don't go overseas. Like there is so I realized that too. There is so much of this of this land that I live on that I have not seen and there's so much variety to it. Like it's so enriching. So you can you can do years of travel without having to go overseas. Um Although cultural immersion is like really wonderful. If that's too much for you, like if it's too much to go overseas and be so far, like stay close, stay close. Okay. Uh, TJ in Florida, who's 26, said that she's leaving my boyfriend of a year and a half who unceremoniously dumped me and kicked me out of our house two days before Valentine's Day. So in February, I'm leaving behind people who do not choose me. And TJ, let me just say you are not alone. Like the number of breakup season responses I got in here, like so many relationships ending in this month, like compared to the last few that I've collected responses for, like a lot of you were leaving romantic relationships behind. And that I haven't been through a breakup in so long that like it's honestly hard for me to remember. It's almost like after moms give birth and the oxytocin rushes in they forget how traumatic the childbirth was and they're like wait maybe I should like go through that again that's kind of the mode I'm in so I'm like really really feeling for you all going through breakups and lastly what are you taking with you into March from the past month Coming back to the anonymous person who's 27 in Santa Barbara, she said, fun classes. I took an astronomy class in February and had a blast sitting in a planetarium once a week and learning about constellations and the universe. Next month, I start a pottery class and I couldn't be more excited. I love taking classes in the wintertime. I've said it before. I'll say it again. And an astronomy class is such a wonderful thing to do when it's dark outside. Like You might as well be inside looking at the stars. Um, and that's like such rich knowledge to have. My dad is a huge astronomy nerd. And so he'll always, he was always pointing out the stars and the planets and he'll always alert us when there's like a new meteor shower or a new, like something moving through the sky at night. He'll always let us know. And even though I'm not particularly interested in those matters, I'm interested in him being interested in it. (laughs) So I appreciate, um, I appreciate those sort of niche interests and you can, you can, you can be so giving with that information because most people don't know quite what's up in the sky. Most of us are looking straight ahead or looking down. E in St. Louis said, taking being content with being alone and finding my hobbies and also Wellbutrin. And I included this just to be like, Wellbutrin gang, Wellbutrin hive. I'm no longer on it, but like, I love when people have a good experience on Wellbutrin because that drug changed my life. And that's exactly what the big pharma reps want me to say. But you know what? I'm saying that with a free and integritous mind. Flynn in Harrisonburg, Virginia, who is 20, said that she is taking new friendships. I was in a play and met the sweetest, coolest people. I want to foster those relationships more. That is such a special place to be in. Like When you make a bunch of new friends, it's so delightful. And all you want to do is just like develop those more and more and more and I just I was just touched by that message so I wanted to include it Amelia in Atlanta said they're taking six more weeks of the artist way book club my favorite part of the year so far I love hearing from my patrons and listeners who are in the book club because it literally is the best part of my week too like I am going to be doing that every single year so if you missed the artist way book club this year stay tuned at the end of this year I'll be recruiting for the next season Alan in Atlanta is taking the willingness to stay open and the wisdom that I know I will love again. And that is so beautiful because that was like, that like really helped me through my breakup was just like, I've loved once. Like I'll love again. Like this will happen again for me. And it hasn't, and it hasn't sent it's been four years and it hasn't since. Um, but I am still open even though my heart chakra is blocked. Those are at odds, but like mentally, I know I will love again. Maybe my heart chakra needs to get that message. Lily in Minneapolis, who's 25, is taking the love and support from friends in February. I'm the people pleasing, always doing something for everyone else, friend, and I'm still learning to accept kindness from others. I officially came out in February, woo, and I didn't get all the positive reactions. Yay, homophobia. My partner and friends were and and continue to be so supportive and gentle with me during this sensitive and emotional time. My partner threw me a surprise coming out party, and I couldn't believe that people cared about me enough to organize and show up to something just made to celebrate me doing a hard thing. It's good to remind ourselves just how much the people in our lives care for and want to celebrate us. And I massively, massively understand what you mean. Like, it is just so so affirming when people show up for you in that way um and i'm also so proud of you i also just love i love having queer people in my audience (laughs) i love when i tune in to you know some sort of out community event and i'm like the gays are here because that would be so alarming if i had no gay people in my audience like you're really doing something wrong if you don't um Sarah Moon in Moab, Utah, who's 26, said that she is taking putting herself out there. In the past, I've reached out to a number of people I admire, asking to buy them coffee in exchange for knowledge sharing, wisdom, and advice, be it personal or professional. And, um... Rarely does it actually happen. But next month, I have plans to meet up with someone I've been admiring from afar for quite some time and I feel proud of myself for making it happen despite the long list of unanswered emails in my sent box. And I just want to encourage people to shoot their mother freaking shot because you never know the other person could be flattered. That could be just what that person needed to hear Um, and everyone's craving connection. So do it, do it, do it. See it through. Make it happen. And with that, I will take us into March. I, with this podcast, Rev- Revelatorium, I get to be the one that ushers you into a new month. And what a what a brilliant role. I would love to hear your reactions from the podcast. I love when people post little screenshots of where they're listening to it on their Instagram story. Like tag me if you do that. Because um, if you just share it from Spotify, I don't get notified, so I don't see it. Um, and of course, I want to con- continue to connect with you all online and you know off when i can but very much appreciate you all tuning in for episode three can you even imagine how much more we're going to hit our stride episode four when i've used this podcast arm a second time like i might even start to grow a neckbeard um a neckbeard type thing and start talking about like world of warcraft i don't know what do neckbearded people do need to learn more about their culture but maybe that's something to fact check anyway thank you for listening i will i will see you all next time and kathra